For more than 10 years, Samantha Brown has hosted a delightful collection of TV shows on the Travel Channel before taking time off this past January to give birth to twins. But she promises to be back on the road soon, filming more adventures all around the world with twins in tow. Sam qualifies as a frequent, frequent traveler. She's on the road for at least 200 days most years. And I figure I've spent about a third of my life on the road. Samantha joins us right now on Travel with Rick Steves to compare notes on how we make ourselves at home on the road, wherever we're stashing our suitcases. Samantha Brown, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Rick. So you've traveled more than half the year on occasion. How do you approach the airports? A lot of people just love to complain about airports. How do you manage them? Yeah, here's the thing. I People don't know about me. I love airports. I love being there. Um, And I know that makes me different than every single person in this world. Um, But I love them. And I think a lot of the stress that people feel is because they haven't simply allowed enough time to get to the airport, to get to the lines, to get through the security lines. And that builds up stress and you worry about missing a flight. And that is so easily erased by just getting there in plenty of time. And by plenty of time, I mean... Um, an hour and a half before your flight leaves. Or even if you look at your ticket, the boarding ticket usually says the boarding time. And that's Mm -hmm. typically a half hour before the flight's going to leave. So use that as your marker. And then you've built in, you've even padded more time. With smartphones and everything that's happening, you can do work while you're at the airport. Uh, Airports are becoming vastly more interesting places to, you know, get your nails done. You can get a manicure. You can have a great meal. Um, People watching is great. You know, of course, once you get through security, it it can become a a really, you know, nice place to be. So get there on time. Do you have an app that lets you know how your flight's doing and so on? Oh, I've got all those apps. What (laughs) what app do you use for your, uh, to, to track your flight? Actually, just I do have Flight Tracker is yeah. is a great app, Flight Tracker Pro, uh, which you can pay for, and then the one the first one is free. But also, I find and I've certainly tested this. Just when you sign up for the actual airline that you're on, they yeah. send you an alert, and it's usually the exact same time, the exact same. Oh, yeah. um, you know, so I got the free Flight Tracker. It works great for me. And I remember in the old days, I was always stressed out about what terminal I going to, especially in, oh. in a foreign country. You know, you're going out to Heathrow, and there's five different terminals, and the taxi driver doesn't really know where your airline is, and that can be kind of stressful. That's true, yes. You know, when you're uh, packing, I, I find if you pack light, you're more mobile, and especially you can handle the airport a little easier. What are your tips for packing? I pack, I always say, um, if you, for ladies, it's especially difficult. Like, my mom is of the generation of if you're traveling for, you know, seven days, you pack for 14. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, mom, my simple equation is bring, you know, four pairs of pants and four tops and they all match. You have got 16 outfits. And you change that outfit by either wearing a scarf to make it a little more upscale or earrings and big jewelry to make it a little fancy. You put on flats or you put on heels and that's it. But um, I think it's relatively easy to pack a carry-on. In other words, you just travel with a carry-on? I do, but here's the thing. I, I'll have a carry-on because I, I can't stand the weight of anything bigger. For right. my larger trips where I was gone for a month, yes, I would pack like a 26-inch right. bag. But I still like to check. I'm I'm a checker, Rick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I know that makes me very different from a lot of travelers. But um, Well, I think the, the reason to pack light is more than just whether you check or not. You're more mobile once you get to Europe. So I, I think you can make a very good case for checking your bag. If you don't have a tight connection, 
just because you right. won't be all sweaty when you finally get to your uh, wherever you're ultimately going. And that's a very good point. Usually if I'm connecting, then I will absolutely carry on. If I have a direct, which I usually do because I'm based in New York City and everything can be direct, which is wonderful, yeah. <laughs> um, I don't have that worry. I, I don't, you know, the, my bag's going to be there. For me, I love going direct whenever possible. Oh, yes. It changes everything. <laughs> it really does. Now, you've got some sort of philosophy I know about spinning or something like that for packing, rolling up stuff. or. Oh, I see. Uh, you know, I used to be a roller. Um, now I love the compression cubes, which I think are brilliant. Now, these are the ones where you have us actually create a suction, or, or is it uh, just a, a cube? You know what? It's a cube, and some actually have sort of vents on the side where, you know, once you zipper it up, that you can press the air out there. Yeah. It's just a simple material. It's not like that plastic thing that you Yeah, I tried that plastic your... thing, and it seemed clever, but it just didn't work well for me. I've never tried that. It just yeah. it made look everything look like freeze-dried meat. <laughs> yeah, right. It does look like dried meat, doesn't it? So you use packing cubes. I like cubes a lot. Yeah. yeah. Those are very popular. Yeah, they're great. They work well. A fundamental thing is just to realize, hey, if you need something, you can buy it over there. Yeah, I mean, you know, when I found that that actually changed when you're in Asia because I'm bigger than most of the people there. So I didn't pack. I actually don't pack enough a lot of times. Uh-huh. And when I went out to buy jeans or anything, oh my gosh, nothing would fit. And I had one attendant who just kind of looked at me pityingly because <laughs> I was too big for even the biggest jeans they had. Really? Wow. So yes. So you're, you're uh, petite. In, you were too big. In some yeah, in some countries. In some countries, yes, you but, better uh, bring it from home. Yes, yes. But of course in Europe you can find anything. Yeah. Anything. By the way, I'm Rick Steves. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're comparing notes with Samantha Brown and uh, Samantha's been bringing us beautiful travel shows on the Travel Channel for the last 10 or 12 years. And Samantha's sharing her tips. Samantha, you're on a lot of long flights. What's your Mm -hmm. trick for passing a long flight and getting through it, uh, you know, without going crazy? I love long flights. Again, I'm I'm a little strange when it comes to travel. Um, Just found out that Singapore Airlines is canceling the longest flight now. There's no more LAX to Singapore and EWR to Singapore, the Ah, 18-hour flight. 18 hours. The 18-hour flight, I was on it three times, and it was bliss. Uh, No one can get in touch with you. You can read. You can download movies. I sleep like a baby on a plane 10 hours, and then you wake up, you eat. (laughs) It's... It's a spa treatment. You sleep on the plane? Do you, do you take some chemical help or do you just sleep? Um, I'll take melatonin. Ah, uh, melatonin, Which is just yeah. your, the, the natural, you know, yeah. the natural. And maybe a glass of wine or two. Well, that'll help, <laughs> so, yeah. That'll definitely help. I think about the only pharmaceutical I take is Ambien. That works for me on a wow. sleep on the that, See, that knocks you out, it, though. Well, I just take a quarter tablet. It really does knock you out. Oh, I, 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 How do you break that little tablet into I take, quarters? I, I actually do. <laughs> oh I look like a little pill junkie because I got my little <laughs> <I> slicer <bet>. <laughs> there. <laughs> but the say. first time I ever took, I talked to some business traveler and he says, you got to try this Ambien. So I, was in, I got a prescription for Ambien. I went to Vienna. And I just wanted to get a good night's sleep. So I took a mm-hmm. whole Ambien. And oh. I went to sleep so fast that in the morning I felt like a detective coming into a scene of something because I left everything <laughs> open and running and, and everything. Exactly. And I just it hit me so solid. So ever since then, I haven't ventured beyond a quarter of a tablet. But, but that's and, a, and, the, and the real tip with the Ambien is never take that Ambien until that plane is at the cruising altitude. You're, you're you know, right. Because if that plane has to turn around for any reason or, you know, even if you're taxiing out to the jetway, yeah. it could come back and you are in trouble. You because you are trouble. dead. <laughs> you, you, no one's going to get you. They're going to be like, and you'll, yeah. they'll kick you off the flight because they'll think you're drunk or right. something. Well, yeah. So. You know, your positive attitude is so important for airports and flights. People come up with the pettiest reasons.
reasons to complain on a oh, flight, you know? Yeah. And I say, yeah. look out the window and imagine going wherever you're going on a bus, you know, and don't complain yeah. about the food now and, and uh, you know, don't worry about how much legroom you got. You're going at uh, 600 miles an hour and as far as I'm concerned, if you land safely on the day you hope to, it's been a, a beautiful thing and you should send a postcard of thanks to the airline. Absolutely. And the flight attendants, man, do they work hard. And there are a lot of flights where you know, most people are really good people, but you get one or two that are just miserable, and they really can treat the flight attendants terribly. And yeah. I just think, what, what do you stand to win by having that type of attitude? If you're mad at the airline, talk to the president, not the person who's on the front lines, right, who right. is just getting you their drink. And so I, I find that people can behave a little better. Yeah, there's a school of people that think if you just are really annoying and aggressive, you're going to get more than everybody else. But if everybody acted that way, we wouldn't get anywhere. Yeah. You know, I had a great story with that. There was a man who was just absolutely uh, incredulous that his video didn't work and he was mad and he was belligerent and we hadn't taken off yet. And he said, I demand to sit in first class. Mm. And I mean, he just, I was sitting right next to him like, I can't believe he's you know, <laughs> being this mean. And so it was great because at one point the flight attendant said, um, uh, sir, there, there's a space in first class for you. Oh, okay, great. And he gets up. And I look at her, and she looks at me, and she goes, there's no first class. And he was escorted off the plane. Whoa. <laughs> I was like, oh. whoa. I was like, good. Touche. Good. So, yeah. Exactly. Well, you know, there's, exactly. there's this kind of traveler. I, was, I remember being at the airport once, like the day before Christmas in Singapore, all excited to go home. And the man in front of me was booked first class, and they, for some reason, didn't have first class for him, and they were going to refund him the difference and get him home in mm-hmm. second class. And he said he refused to get on the plane. And they said, well, we can get you on first class uh, the day after Christmas. So he went back, and, and he, he missed Christmas at home, and he spent two days more in Singapore because he didn't want to sit on the airplane with everybody else in second class. And I just thought, wow, boy, that is real commitment to, to luxury. <laughs> exactly. Good for you. Good for you. I'm sure your family would be very happy to know. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> Samantha, what's your trick for jet lag? My trick is to abstain from all caffeine uh, two days before I'm leaving at a destination, um, whatever flight I'm on, that's my first night of sleep at that destination. You reset your clock. And uh, when I wake up, once I start feeling that feeling of cement, uh, I mean, mm-hmm. it just invades your body. That is when I allow myself my first, you know, espresso yeah. in Italy or, you know, Vietnamese coffee in Vietnam. And it hits your system like a ton of bricks and oh. you're, you're able to go because okay. you can't sleep. You can't. So you keep, you keep going through the rest of the day until a local bedtime? Yes, yes. So without all the caffeine built up in your system, it's it's stronger. It's much stronger. Especially when you drink as much coffee as you. If you go without it for a little while, your, your whole system's going to be, whoa, when you get it back. Exactly. <laughs> I, think I remember this feeling. <laughs> yeah, that's what I like. Let's this, go, oh, and, wow, let's go to a museum. Time. Let's climb a tower. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> well, I think it's what you mentioned is very good. You've got to Flip your wristwatch and your brain psychologically ahead to the local mm-hmm. time. A lot of people actually keep their wristwatch on, on you know, home to California time or whatever while they're over there. And they're going, oh, it's 3 in the morning. I must be exhausted. No, no, no. It's, it's yeah. 6 o'clock in the evening. You're going to hang in there. And then right. uh, I always think jet lag hates bright light, fresh air, and exercise. So get out there. And I like that idea of take a fast from caffeine and then give yourself a shot when you need it. And, yes. uh, and that'll do it. I, I still wake up wired uh, early in the morning uh, on that first day, but I, I do hmm. make myself stay out on that first mm-hmm. day and, and kick myself into that local time, and, and that, that helps pretty good. Absolutely. Yeah, it does. And, and you know, after, after you get past that first day, you're, you're good. You are. Yep. 
Hey, um, when you settle into a hotel, I mean, if you're on the road for 200 days a year, that's a lot of hotels. Do you have some oh ritual gosh. to make it kind of homey and turn it into Samantha Brown's place? I basically, I make it safe because one time I, I checked into a hotel and went to bed right away and I woke up and um, I had to use the ladies' room, my bathroom. And so I ran to where I thought the bathroom was, but there was a wall there and I broke my nose. <laughs> so you did? <laughs> I broke my nose because I was thinking of a hotel I was staying at the night before. I mean, oh that's how fast goodness. we move around. So now when I check into a, a, my room... I take an inventory of where everything is. Yeah. I see where all the plugs are because you're going to have to plug yeah. in your computer and yeah. you don't want to. So it's basically I just, where's the emergency exit? I think Good. this is really important, something yeah. we never do. Yeah. Um, how do I get out of this hotel? <laughs> um, should there be a fire? And then the number one tip I give people because it is my number one travel nemesis is I unwrap the plastic soap because usually soap comes hermetically sealed in that plastic, which you have to take apart. Oh, um, and with that little sticker, and, and when you're in the shower, it's too late, and it just becomes, <laughs> it'll bring you to tears <laughs> just trying to open up this yeah. piece of soap. So I unwrap all the plastic from the soap, mm -hmm. and um, I actually put away all the bric-a-brac that the hotel gives you, yeah. either like potpourri baskets or yeah. table tents, you know, advertising margaritas or whatever. I do too. Um, and then the maid so, comes uh, and puts it all back out the next day. Well, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Then you've, you've got to be diligent. You've got to be diligent. This, as the first thing I do, Sam, is I get in a hotel hotel room, uh, yep. especially if I'm there for a couple of days, I, then that's when I really kind of move in. And I pick up all the advertising and all that stuff and I, I stow it somewhere. And and it's just invariably the, the maid will think, oh, somehow this all got put away. I'm sure he wants that little advertisement for Wi-Fi back right in front of him when he's trying to use the room. Especially in Europe, did you find yourself figuring out the water situation before you had to wake up the next morning at 5 a.m.? Because I found that <laughs> Just trying to figure out how you get hot water oh, out of yeah. whatever kind of mechanism they have for a shower. Sometimes it would take, in the old European hotels, yeah. it takes like seven minutes for, you know, well, cold water to turn into something that would lather soap. The worst is in a little shower where you have to stand oh, right. under the water in order yes. to fiddle with the knobs. So you can't yes, exactly. adjust it unless you're under the water. <laughs> and I go, what masochist designed this thing? And Absolutely. It, yeah. So it's always important for me to do a <laughs> test run of the shower the night before and see, you know, basically you're unlocking the combination and you say, okay, that's where the handle has to be for yeah. me to get hot water. Okay, got it. You know. You know, this is kind of quirky, but I just bring my own soap from home. I don't like to use the itsy bitsies. I have soap I like. Oh. And rather than opening up a new one, it just doesn't seem very green yeah. to me. Yeah. And then I, I just, you know, say, well, I can save this there. So I have one little itsy bitsy soap that I put back in my soap dish that I use by the sink. And then I have my big bar that I put into the shower. And then I don't have to worry about those wrappers and all that kind of thing. You know, that's a great tip. I yeah. like that. I, I yeah, work Because you have well your own stuff. I like my own yeah. stuff. And then it's greener because I go to 50 hotels in the summer and I'm not opening up 50 little packages. And, yeah. You know, they say, you know, we care about the environment and if you leave your towel hanging up, we won't change it. But they always change it. And it's They just, always change it. They're just hell-bent yeah. on, on, on cleaning everything. And yeah. that's why a lot of times I'll just say, don't disturb. And I, I don't want my room yes. fiddled with every day. Do you ever lay in bed with your eyes closed in the morning and wonder where you are? Uh, all the time, Yes. One time I came back from a trip and um, I woke up and I remember thinking there was a tree. And I'm like, why am I looking at a tree right now? <laughs> and my hand fell and I touched my husband, who he was my, my boyfriend at the time, and my blood just turned cold because 
I thought I was still traveling and why is there a person in my bed? <laughs> and I just, and my brain's going, get out of the room, get out of the room, get out of the room, get out of the room because I can't figure out what's happening. And then it's like, no, it's Kevin. It's Kevin. It's Kevin. Thank goodness. It's Ke- I'm home. I'm home. And, well, it was time so, for you to get home, Samantha Brown. And yes, you. exactly. So, so there are definitely those times where, you know, you, you get home and you're still not quite acclimated to being home. So. Samantha, how can we be sure to know what you're up to with your TV production and all your travels? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Samantha Brown, and you can also go to my website, which is samantha-brown.com, and it has what's up next for me. Samantha, let's just wrap this up talking a little bit philosophically. What's, mm-hmm. what's an important lesson you've learned from your travels? Because I know you were a host before you were a traveler, and you got into this kind of fresh. How has it impacted your view of uh, life in the United States and so on? I would say that travel has made me realize how wonderful being with people just in their everyday lives are. When I first started the job, say, 13 years ago, I thought travel was about seeing big things and checking things off your itinerary. Now I realize it's really just getting to know people and simply saying hello to someone and striking up a, a small conversation. It's about little moments and it's, it's these moments that just reinforce that, hey, if life is extraordinary, everyday life is extraordinary somewhere else in the world, then my life is pretty extraordinary as well. So it just reinforces uh, my own life and my life in travel. I think that's probably about the best souvenir you could take home. Yeah, yeah I agree. <laughs> I, just people, people and moments. Samantha Brown, how do you close your show? What do you say at the end of your TV show? Oh, I don't have anything. <laughs> uh, you you have that great you have a great send off, and I, I don't. Until next time, keep on traveling, Samantha That's Brown. Right. <laughs> until next time, keep on traveling. Okay. I like that. I think you, you, you know, can have I can't. That's already taken by <laughs> someone great. Exactly. I'll go for it. I'm so glad that you're keeping on traveling, and thank you so much for all the fun you've brought home. Thanks to your TV show and all your work. Oh, and and to you too, Rick. Thank you so much. Okay. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye, bye, Rick. Rick Steves has spent a third of his adult life in Europe researching and writing guidebooks. His classic, Europe Through the Back Door, freshly updated this year, teaches the skills of smart travel. And his country, city and snapshot guides cover what to see, where to eat and where to sleep for every corner of Europe. To learn more about Rick's books, visit the Travel Store at ricksteves.com.